0: Welcome to the podcast of Peace NBC. Our mission is to reach everyone who is someone in the eyes of the Lord. Listen to this mighty word of God that will bless you. We hope you are touched and blessed by this podcast. To connect with this ministry or for more about Peace NBC, visit our website or email us at pmbc at peacembchurch.org. Come grow with it. Come grow with.
1: Some Some grow with Some if I were to give each of you a penny, how many of you would think that I've given you something of great value? Thank you, ma'am. I got one. I got one. No matter what I say or how I present it, you'd still be thinking, "What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with a penny? What value? I got. I got bills to pay, but a penny ain't going to help me get (laughs) there." We have this mindset because we have deemed the penny to be of no value, so much so that we treat it like garbage. We y'all know what we do. We gather so many of them that we leave them in our cup holders in our car till they're
0: covered in slime and grime, mm-hmm. and
1: Somewhere on our countertops or in a in a in a jar that we ain't never gonna look in again. We just throw pennies in the job, because in our minds, it's just a penny. But if you were to change your perspective, that instead of this penny being only one cent, to a perspective that this penny is the first cent and about, let's say, about $5 million. Oh Let me show you how you can get there, y'all. Now, everybody want to know how to get rich quick. I'm going to help you. Then we're gonna move on. If you were to start with one penny and you double it every day over thirty days, you would be astonished by how much money you would have. If you take this concept, let's say five days, you double your pennies, you'd wind up with about fifteen cents. You go on about ten days, you get to about five dollars and twelve cents. You continue to double by day 15, that investment that you've made would now have grown to $163.83. Now what's important to know is that as your investment grows, the more you double the penny, the rate of growth will increase. By the time you get to the end of 30 days, you would be astonished by how many pennies you've had you were to take the, count, the time to count those 536,870,912 pennies, <laughs> it takes a lot of penny collecting to get really over 100. Because Some of us, by the time we get too many, they, they go somewhere. <laughs> but if you were to take the time to count all of those pennies that you have collected, you would have collected five million three hundred. $68,709.12 in just 30 days. In other words, the consistency you demonstrate in doubling a penny can lead to great results. Our text this morning is coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, and verse 33. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. I'll be reading this morning from the New American Standard Bible, and I would ask that we stand for the reading of God's word. If you have it, say, I got it. If you need a little bit of time, say, don't leave me. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. He spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to preach this morning from the thought, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do? With this, Bible says he spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leaven. By the time we get to Matthew, the 13th chapter, Jesus has been speaking in what some would call confusing language. He's using everyday items to create divine illustration. He's doing what we call speaking in a parable. Some scholars would say that a parable acts as a bridge between the ordinary and the profound. Earlier in the chapter, the disciples are so bothered by Jesus just not speaking in plain language. That they asked Jesus in verse 10, it says, and the disciples came to him and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why is it that you would speak to them in such confusing language? In verses 11 through 13, Jesus provides them answers. Jesus answered them and said to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been granted. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that you have been given the privilege to understand special things. But there are people who do not have that capability. In other words, what Jesus is saying is I cannot talk to them the same way I would talk to you. Because you have the ability to understand on a level that they have not yet arrived. In verse 12, he goes on to say, For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. In other words, Jesus is saying is that when you have knowledge, it is your job to actively seek to learn more. But there are some people who don't like learning. They, 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 they don't like building on their knowledge. And they have an old saying, if you don't use it, you will lose it. Well, it's the same thing with knowledge. You can come to church week after week, but if the only time you spend time in your word is at church, you are more probable to lose what you should be learning in the church. In verse 13, he explains to them, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. How many times have you explained something to someone? You've tried to show them how to do it. I'm pretty sure a couple of mothers in the room can relate to trying to show their children how to clean up properly. No matter how much you try, no matter how much you explain, there's still some level of misunderstanding. So Jesus says, I speak to them in parables. Because I've got to make sure they can understand this. And what better way than to relate it to something they already know? Jesus begins this particular message by the Sea of Galilee. and The Bible says that gathered around him is not only his disciples, people who will listen to Jesus no matter what he says. But then you have people who follow him. These are the types of people who they listen to you up to a point, then they fall asleep. And then you will have in this crowd doubters, people who are not listening to what you are saying, but people who are simply listening to undermine and destroy whatever it is you are saying. Jesus takes the time in this text. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid three pecks, uh, three, hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. Jesus uses yeast as his everyday example to try to get them to understand something more important. Now, when you think of yeast, you can't help but think of how small it is. To understand how small yeast is, imagine taking a single grain of sand Now, picture something a hundred times smaller than a single strain of sand. That, my friends, is the approximate size of a yeast cell. It is so small that you can't even see it. It is not the most noticeable thing in the world, and it is rather interesting that Jesus would take something that you cannot see And use it as a comparative to the kingdom of heaven. Got to understand that when Jesus is speaking to them about yeast, they have some preconceived notions about this object that Jesus is using. You see, in Hebraic culture, yeast was often associated with impurity and corruption. So much so that during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they would search and try to find all of the yeast in their homes and in their environment to get rid of this corruptible thing because they were taught that it represented sin. And the problem with this conversation is some of us would have stopped listening to Jesus because Jesus is using something that we think is wrong. How many times have we blocked out knowledge because it didn't sound the way we wanted it to sound? It didn't come from who we wanted it to come from. As a matter of fact, we didn't like the person, so we stopped listening to what they had to say. All of their lives they had viewed leaven as sinful. But yet Jesus is taking this thing that they relate in their mind to sin and says it's like heaven. Jesus takes this thing that they have associated with negativity, that they have framed into a certain condition, that they have made up in their mind there is no other use for this thing. They they, they have this idea that yeast has one purpose, And its purpose is to produce sin. The problem is Jesus is trying to get them to change their perspective. Jesus is trying to get us and them to understand that it's all a matter of how you view yeast. He's trying to tell us that the same thing you viewed as evil, the same thing you've been overlooking, the same people that you have counted out, the same people that you've looked down on, the same people you've pushed to the corner of society, perhaps there is some value in those people. Maybe it's not the people that have the problem. Perhaps it's your perspective. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you just take another look, Look beyond what you have deemed as invaluable. Can you see the value? Jesus is asking them, can you see the fact that this woman took something that you say has the ability to reproduce? She put it in about 50 to 60 pounds of flour, and she mixed it until it grew. Say that again. In other words, what she did is she took something that you associated with sin, but I created it with the purpose of doubling whatever it comes in contact with. Jesus says, Can you see the value? Can you look beyond people's failures? Can you look beyond their small stature, beyond their stuttering lips, beyond the neighborhood they grew up in, beyond the size of the church? What are the small things in your life that you are overlooking? Church, we must change our perspective. Now, 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 if Jesus can see value in something people have deemed a fault, The question is, can you see the value? Do I have about two people? I'll make three that can testify. I'm glad he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. I'm glad he looked beyond every sin I made. I'm glad he looked beyond every lie I told. Every time I wasn't nice, every time I was mad. I'm glad he looked beyond my faults. Jesus is using this parable to have us look at the growth potential in the yeast. There's two things specifically Jesus is trying to get us to see. Number one, he's trying to get us to see that greatness often lies in the unseen. Great things, brothers and sisters, often come in unexpected forms. They often come in those things that we look over, those things that we say are of no value. Why? Because if you expected it, it probably wouldn't be great. Uh, He shows us that great things are often seen in the things we don't see because it is not immediately apparent. How many people have you written off because they didn't look like they had value? How many times have people written you off because they thought you weren't good enough? They thought you weren't smart enough. They thought you weren't talented enough. They didn't even take the time to have a conversation to find out where the greatness is in you. There's an old saying, if you look hard enough for something. You'll find that the problem is with us. We are looking for things, but we're not looking for the great things. We are looking for a person's flaws. We're looking for a person's wrong. We're not looking. What talents has God given you? What anointings do you have? Can you sing? Can you preach? Can you pray? What has God Some of us are looking for the bad. We anticipate the failure. We anticipate for you to fail. We anticipate for you to lie again. We anticipate for you to cheat again. We are anticipating the fact that God can use you. Jesus is trying to teach us that yeast has great potential. Some of us, We'd be listening to Jesus, and we'd get stuck at the yeast part. Mm -hmm. And we would dismiss the fact that yeast will grow whatever it comes in contact with. It has one purpose. That purpose is to duplicate and to grow. Greatness is when you understand that I don't have to be the biggest. I don't have to be the strongest but I gotta serve my purpose. Sometimes the true value or impact of something may not be recognized at first glance. Uh, If you were to take a diamond as an example, when you actually go searching for a diamond, does not look like the diamond you go in the jewelry store and put on your finger. Uh, But you've got to chisel away at its ugliness. You've got to chip away at its deformity to see where is the value. The second thing Jesus is trying to get us to see is that transformation starts small. Whenever we talk about transformation, it's important to recognize, hear me, it does not happen overnight. I think all of us can be honest in here and say, we are not where we are because it happened overnight. God had to work on me. As a matter of fact, while I'm standing here, God is still working on me. Because true transformation begins with small steps and incremental changes. Transformation is not when I made up my mind. Transformation is what do I do after my mind's made up. We sung the song, my mind's made up. I'm on my way up. You got to understand, I'm going to hold my head up. That means that I didn't just make up my mind. I decided to move, and I decided to move with some boldness and some joy. I'm not going to hold my hat where I was. Transformation doesn't just start small, but it's the small steps that lay the foundation for bigger. It's the late night prayers that we have to keep praying about the same issue until God changes a situation. It's the scriptures we got to keep repeating so we won't say what we don't need to say. It's the fact I ain't got to be perfect, but I'll keep coming to church. Because if I keep coming, then the Lord can work on me. Transformation starts small. Jesus saw fit to use this parable to explain how we can master execution through the power of small things. The more I studied the text, the larger this question became to me. It was almost as if God was speaking directly to me. The question is, can you see the value in the small? Brothers and sisters, I'd be honest if I didn't tell you there are times in my life where I have looked at things and immediately asked the question, what am I going to do with this? God, you got to give me something more to work with. On, now, 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 you gave me a broke-down car. <laughs> what I'm going to do with this? Come on, come on. I've had this question in real-life situations. I ain't talking about spiritual matters. I'm talking about when my paycheck's short. Come on, come on, man. Come on. And I got more bills than I got money. God, what am I going to do with this? When, when, when I don't have enough food in the refrigerator, in case y'all ain't seen, I got three kids. One of them like to eat and so do I. And I will find myself looking at the money in my pocket and the refrigerator in front of me saying, God, what am I going to do with this? And I've learned that in that moment my perspective is bad. You see, brothers and sisters, the problem with the bad perspective is that we can filter out the good in our lives. Some of us have had it so bad for so long. Our finances are bad. Our marriage is bad. We got bad children, bad diet, bad doctors, bad education, bad churches, bad vehicles. Everything in our life is just bad. Everything is so bad that we have developed what psychologists call a negativity bias. Oh oh We've become negative Nancys. We make up in our mind because it ain't happening for me. It ain't happening for nobody. Oh God ain't blessing you. You just tripped on that. Mm-hmm. That ain't God. That man was just nice to you. We start discounting the blessings of God because we can't see the value in the small, our brains have a natural tendency. Your flesh has a natural tendency to focus on negative information more than positive information. And as a result, we we, we start to gravitate toward the negativity. We become the ones that every time somebody tells me, oh, I gave my life to Christ, I wonder how long it's going to be before you give, take it back. We're the ones that as soon as they say, I'm going to start a business, I wonder how long he's going to keep it open. Oh this bias causes us to have the doubt that if God is who we believe him to be, then surely he can use little Amen. It 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 is this mindset that creeps into our relationships. And now the minute somebody makes a mistake because I've had it so bad. I've had a bad woman, a bad man for so long. I can't appreciate this good one. I don't even notice the fact that I never have to pull my chair out on a date. I don't even notice the fact that I don't never see the bill when we go eat. Because I'm so used to bad. So what I do is I start chipping away at who this good person is. I start telling myself it can't be this good. Ain't no way in the world God going to bless me with that. I can't he going he going to mess up somewhere. She going to tell a lie. Some ain't nowhere in the world God after all I've been through. But it not only affects us in our relationships, it affects us in our decision making. It is this negativity bias that hinders our ability to see the full picture. Even we get in trouble sometimes in the church. We will hear ideas, but because we've had it so bad for so long, that'll never work. The, 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 there's no way God will do. How you gonna tell God what and when and who and how He's gonna do whatever He's gonna do? Because right. right. if the truth be told, He shouldn't have chose you, on, but He did it anyways. Come on. Come on. Brothers and sisters, this negativity bias can limit our creativity. You see, we come from a people who overlooked our negativity. We, we, we come from a people who is like this woman in the text where when we didn't know how to have enough, we made enough. We come from a people where they stretched what they had until it transformed into a whole buffet. It, 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 it's because we understood that we can't stay in the place of negativity. But as a result of this negativity bias, Our brains have become fixed on seeing the small as invaluable. What happens, brothers and sisters, is when you have had it so bad for so long, you start settling for bad. You start settling for being poor. You start settling for mistreatment. You start settling for the low place. You start settling for the underpaying job. You start settling for the bad marriage. You've just made up in your mind this is how it's going to be. We've lost our ability to see the potential that God has placed right in front of us because we feel "I've I've made it to my limit. Listen, this is all God has given me. We've closed our eyes to possibilities. But brothers and sisters, if you are ever going to see the value in the small, you've got to have the courage to be laughed at. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the willingness to act despite it. I've gotten to a place in my life where I don't care if people laugh don't care what people say. By this point, they're just going to say what they're going to say. But I'm not going to stop using what God has given me. Take Joshua as an example. Joshua was one of those 12 spies that went to spy out the land. He came back with a different report. Ten of those spies said, well, we ain't going to make it. It's some mighty men in the land. And we can't overcome those men. We might as well roll over and let them have it. But Joshua said, no, no, I see potential. When everybody else saw defeat, the Bible says, he said in Numbers 14 and 8, If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Even when they heard that, the people murmured and they complained. They said that Joshua had lost his mind. But Joshua was courageous. They minimized Joshua. They devalued his opinion. But he never lost his courage. You don't even have to look in the Bible. But is there anybody here that knows that people will laugh at you? There have been people in your own circles Who've minimized your life. They've minimized your house. They've minimized your car. They've minimized your finances. You don't have to look far, Because even in the church, people have minimized your anointing. You've got to be like Joshua. You've got to take courage in the Lord. The Bible says in Joshua 1 and 9, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Brothers and sisters, when you know that God is with you, you're not afraid to step outside your comfort zone. You're not afraid to face uncertainty. You're not afraid to hear the doubters. You're not afraid to be vulnerable. You ain't scared of the devil nor his tricky tactics because the word of Isaiah rings true in your ears. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue uh, that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shall condemn but it's the other part of the verse I like it says this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord which means that when you serve God uh, nothing that the devil tries uh, can overcome you uh, nothing that the devil tries uh, can block you from Being successful This is the courage That you need to be laughed at Brothers and sisters When you believe in God That means you know God's track record You know that God is faithful You know that God Is consistent When you know God Has a consistent track record Of using small things To make a great impact you'll say to yourself God has a consistency with using small things in Deuteronomy 7 and 7 he told the nation of Israel the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples for you were the fewest of all the peoples in other." the words. God didn't pick me because I was strong. God didn't pick me because I was tall. God didn't pick me because I was the smartest. But he picked me because of the flaws that everybody else had written off. Is there anybody here that can shake their neighbor and say God he picked you because of who you are if you don't believe me if you don't believe that God has a consistent a consistent track record you ought to ask Moses can God use a small thing Moses had a staff in his hand but the Lord said take that small thing and point it toward the sea and he parted the Red Sea. What am I going to do with the small thing? You ought to ask Gideon uh, who had to face the Midianites. God uh, took five smooth stones uh, and helped him win a battle. Now, you ought to ask the widow, now, what did God do now, with my small offering? Now, he caused Jesus uh, to smile on my small. Now, you ought to ask the boy now, who was following Jesus uh, with his parents, uh, can God uh, make a way out of no nowhere? Can God uh, cause my blessings uh, to open Overflow. Now, the Bible says uh, that he took a boy's lunch uh, and fed 5,000. Now, you ought to ask Rahab, uh, what can God do? Now, God uh, can save your family. Now, all because uh, of a quarter of your cloth. Uh, all throughout the Bible, now, God shows us uh, that He can use uh, a small thing uh, to get things done. Now, but this is the thing you've got to know that God expects you to be like him God has empowered you to use small things to make a great impact somebody might say how do you know because I heard the Bible say in John 14 and 12 truly truly I say to you he who believes in me nah, the works that i do now nah, he will nah, do also nah, and great up uh, great up uh, Greater works uh, than these uh, he will do now because I go to the Father now look at your neighbor now and say neighbor uh, it's your turn now to do greater now if I ant uh, was up here preaching now the ant would tell you now I get a lot done now, even though I'm small now the ant would tell you now, I can carry now, loads on my shoulders uh, that overpower me, the end would tell you that God has made me an overcomer. You need to know that execution is what you do. After you've planned, after you've dreamed, after you've written it down, what am I going to do now? What's next in my life? Where does God want me to go? How does God want me to use? How does God want me to do it? We need to get busy. What kind of busy? Busy building businesses. Busy buying houses. Busy buying land. Busy getting an education. Busy. Look at your neighbor and say, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to get busy doing what the Lord want me to do. God sent me here to tell somebody that this is the year where God wants you to value the small things. He asked Israel in number 16 and 9. Seemeth it a small thing for you to do service in the house of the Lord? Is it small for you to pray sometime? Is it a small thing to come to church? Uh, Is it a small thing uh, for you to check on each other? Uh, Is it a small thing uh, for you to be consistent uh, in your service? Uh, Is it a small thing uh, for you to pay your tithes? Uh, If he blessed you, uh, if he woke you up, uh, if he put power uh, for you to walk, uh, if he kept your mind, uh, if he kept your house, uh, is it a small thing? uh, Is it a small thing? for you to give of yourself back to God. Yeah! You need to know that God, he values the small. God, he values the small. It was a small hunchback fella named Jesus. They looked at him and they laughed at him. They told him, there's no way you can be the one that God would use. He told them that if you tear down this temple, I'll raise it in three days. He told them that I've come to do the will of him that sent me. And then he let them, I didn't say they did, but he let them talk about him. He let them persecute him. He let them whip him all night. He let them brutalize his body. He let them lie on him. He let them betray him. But then he made up in his mind, I might be small, but I've got some power. Yeah, I've got some power. What kind of power? He had power to die for your sins and for mine. Power in his blood. Power to change my heart. Power to change my mind. Anybody know God? God. God has got power now. What kind of power now? Soul saving power now. What kind of power now? Delivering power now. What kind of power now? Keeping power now. How do you know now? I should have died but I'm here right now on the last day of 2023 because God has power but it ain't just that he died he got up yeah he got up because he couldn't let the story be that they killed him he had to keep his word he said God, I'll let them have my body, but I'll get back up. I'll get up again. And when he got up, the Bible says, all power, all power is in my hands all uh, all power uh, look at your neighbor uh, and say that same power uh, God uh, has put in your hands uh, that same power uh, he's put in your hand uh, that same power uh, he's put in your hand uh, the power to do. the power to accomplish uh, the power to work uh, the power to overcome uh, the power to break free uh, God uh, has put power uh, in your hands the power to walk right, power to do right, power to stay right, power to overcome. He's given you power. Power. He's put power in your hands. Is there anybody that's thankful that the Lord has put power in your hands? I ain't scared of the devil. I ain't scared of what's gonna come because I know that the Lord is gonna overcome. He made me a winner. He made me an overcome. I can tread upon serpents. I can run through walls. I can. I I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do all things, all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. Say yes. I I I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I got to get it out, out of my mind. This is the last time I'm going to fail. But this time, next year, my testimony is going to be different. My testimony is going to be God made a way. God allowed me to do it I did it. That's my testimony. I did it. I made it. I was healed. I came through. I broke free. I've got more money. I got another house. I got another job. I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm great up. Great up. Great up. Great up. Great up. Better up. Further, stronger, wiser, wiser, better, better, healed, healed. My mind is healed. My body is healed. Say yeah. Anybody want better? Anybody want better? Anybody want better? Listen. Your failures. Hear me. Jesus told them the parable. Because he was trying to get them to understand. You are not defined by your narrative. You are defined by what I put in you. You are not defined by what they say. You are defined by what you put. The Bible says, and ye shall know them by their fruit. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, will this be the year we produce? Will this be the year we produce? I know what people say. I'm tired of hearing what they say. God has put it in me to prove them wrong. Listen, I didn't wake up yesterday. I know people have failure at the end of my name. I know that there are people I don't even know that want me to fail. But I don't care. Because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. But that just ain't me, that's you. You got to think, what words have people put at the end of your name? How many times have people looked at you and said, what am I going to do with this? Uh, My granddaddy was here and said, boy, I'll show you better than I can tell you. That's That's my mindset. It does us no good to only celebrate going into a new year. But has our mindset changed? How many years has gone by where we keep making New Year's resolutions? What has been resolved? What solutions have we come to? I'm not against New Year's resolutions. But if I'm going to make a list of things I need to do, I ought to be able at the end of the year to make a list of what I did. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. That's good. That's good. God wants you to be prosperous. The idea that we have to settle for being at the bottom, we have to settle for being less than. There is nobody greater on earth than the people of the Lord. I right. don't care what they say. The Bible is right. I can do all things through Christ. That You don't believe me? Watch me. I believe it because I've seen God make a way. I ain't going to tell the whole story, but I get in trouble. But I had a prayer. I've been praying for about almost a year and a half now. And I would first lady would tell you I'd have tears in my eyes. Because it just didn't seem like this prayer was going to get answered.
0: Come
1: on. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. We would keep going and keep pressing and keep doing, thanking God along the way. But I still had that prayer that wasn't answered. And I'd be a liar if I stand before you as your pastor and say, I wasn't sitting in a God. Now, wait a minute. You got me every week preaching to people. You're going to answer prayers and you're going to make waves. But now listen, this is prayer on the clock. Come on, I've been praying this one. Come on, come on. Uh, uh, uh. Wow. But here's the beauty. It is only until I got in the right stream that God allowed me to get to my destination. You can't pursue a blessing in the wrong stream. Here's the problem, though. I didn't even know I had gotten in the right stream. Mm, But the man called me and said, yeah, you asked about this months ago. Let's talk about it. Here's the thing. I didn't even know I asked. But because I was in the right stream... Here's the thing, all I had to keep doing was going in the right direction. God allowed my blessing to find me. Now here's the question, now that I got it, what I'm gonna do? It's not enough to get what you ask God for. How do I steward it? Saints, if you don't hear anything I'm saying, hear me. God wants us to execute. He wants us to get it done. He wants us to prosper and to grow and to dominate this earth like he told us we could. I'm done. But I seriously want us to think about that. God is all of the things we celebrate. But the most important thing God is, is faithful to his people. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. We hope you were touched and blessed by what you have heard. Remember to follow us on social media. For more info about Peace NBC, visit us at www.peacembchurch.org. If you would like to support this ministry and help us reach more souls, visit our website and click give into this ministry. Be blessed and we will see you next time. East NBC Podcast. Yes, yes, yes.